millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the School for Dumb Women, the podcast where we explain the things that seem obvious but are not obvious at all. I'm your hostwoman, Victorian painting whose eyes follow you around the room, Hannah Farrell. Because I don't have a chin, guys. <laughs> With me is experimental Picasso muse Alexandra Haddo. Thanks, Hannah. I'm struggling to come to the mic today because my mouth is now at the end of my spine. And Rubenesque masterpiece Carolina Donahue. Thanks for noticing my doughy physique, Hannah. I forgot to put on spanks today and I'm retaining water. What a highbrow introduction this is. This week we're talking about the big fleshy meat sacks that sit on your chest, paper books that allow international travel, and putting tiny, tiny needles into yourself on purpose. So by the end of it, you'll be able to turn your boobs into a pincushion that will not make it through airport security. But I put them in a sealed plastic bag. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah? I need to instruct you to absolutely not smile, look straight ahead, and try not to look like you're a threat to international security, okay? Okay, I'll try really hard. Okay, because it's related to your segment, isn't it? Yes, my segment this week is on passports. Passports are ridiculous. They're mad. They're so mad. Hate them. Do you? No. (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking medieval, though, when you think about it. Yeah, they do. They do annoy me. I hate that. I, I basically hate that um, forty-five minute trip to the airport where you're like, um, tickets, passport. Where's my passport? Passport. My passport missing. Yeah. Tickets, passport, passport. I hate having to like have to remember one thing. Yeah, you know yeah but I mean? it's like I make this joke with my friend all the time. I'm like, you get given this tiny book, don't lose it for ten years. Yeah. How can you not lose that? Yeah. How can you not lose it? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I feel like I could get through airport security if I took a passport of someone that looked a bit like me because Mm -hmm. they just sort of glance at it and then they're like, maybe... Yeah. Also, you need them less and less now. I went on a flight a couple of days ago, and I thought it was so strange how, like, uh, you scan your passport at the very beginning to get into the departures... And then nobody checks it through security through that until you're getting on the plane and yes, they just kind of look the at gate. it. Yeah, and, and yeah. You're like, oh, you're the person. You're the same person that tells me to put my two bags into one bag, and then you're like, yeah, check your passport. Yeah, like what right do you have? And also, they just sort of look at it as if to say, yep, that's a tangible object. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a human being. That's yeah, a passport with some numbers and a face on it. Off you go. Great. I got stopped at um, passport control coming back from Romania. Actually, why? Yeah, I don't know. I, they don't. The person didn't speak a lot of English, but she just was like, uh, she said, I have a problem. <gasps> and then she diverted me to the other line and then I shit myself internally. Wow. Yeah. And, th- and then it just turned out that my passport was expiring in August. So they were like taking precautions because that's the time where people tend to sell on passports when they're almost expiring. Oh, really? Yeah. So ha- were you going to 
kind of touted around the airport when you came out. <laughs> Anyone into this? No, but think about it. If a few you months a... left. Come on. Four months. Come <laughs> on. Who wants it? If you're like not planning to travel for seven or eight months, you could probably get I mean, especially an Irish passport, I could get a ton of money for that. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll just sell it. If anyone wants to buy my Irish passport, <laughs> please do. Aww. Caroline is a six-foot Indian man. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's really strange about passports is that you stamp them. Like, with a, when, in what situation mm. do we use stamps? It's so Agatha Christie, isn't it? Yeah, it's just such a kind of, like, when I was a kid, I really loved playing with stamps. I'm sure we all did. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, God. This is no. not a relatable content. <laughs> what do you mean playing? How can you no, play so with stamps? You know, in school, they have a stamp sometimes saying like... Oh, the inky oh, rubbery stamp thing. Yeah. I yeah, see, yeah. I see. Oh, that stamp. Saying I like, thought you meant... I did well today or something. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was one of them at uh, Machu Picchu when I went a couple of years ago and they, they had their own stamp, which you can stamp in your passport. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And actually, that brings me on to a fact that I was going to bring in later, but I'll bring it in now. Oh, well, it rained on mine and my, now I've just got a big black smudge on my passport. Oh, so. Um, you're actually not meant to get your passport stamped by anything that's not like a legal kind of entering and leaving a country thing. Well, that's what I thought. I did think it was a bit of a strange thing to allow. Yeah, because then you're basically defacing this legal document that yeah. you carry yeah. with you. It's like, I went to Machu Picchu. Yeah. 2K15. That's exactly what I thought. But I mean, I still did it because I'm a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This basically is just a kind of like a load of facts I learned about passports today. There's not much of a story to this segment, particularly. Why, when did they start, though? Or do you not care? <laughs> 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 I always care. In Alex. fact, I can probably make up that narrative myself. On, like things me. started getting a bit more organised, and someone was like, "Oh, are they really who they say they are? They're coming into this country." And then someone was like, "Yes, I've got a piece of paper signed by their doctor saying that they are Caroline O'Donoghue." And then it went from there. Well, no, actually, um, yeah. it, con- well, I was convinced. The the concept <laughs> of having passports is dead old because the whole kind of idea of being under the protection of your country or your king or whatever um, has existed for absolutely ages and according to this website called wonderlust.co.uk which did a short history of passports um, it's mentioned in the bible like passports are mentioned in the bible and also during the reign of Henry V there's reference to a safe conduct document um, and that was, so that was in 1414 oh, mm. yeah, ages ago there's also a bit of a discussion as well as to whether passport means that you can pass the port of a country because if you come in on a boat, you'd be allowed to go <gasps> I into just the put port. That together. Yeah, right. Passport, I only have you as you were saying it. Yeah, yeah. Because Silly. because the idea was that oh maybe it was like you could go in a boat to the port, but you can't get out of the port to go into the country unless you have a passport. Or in French, port is the word for door. So maybe it's like, you know, when cities used to have city walls and stuff, oh, maybe it okay. was like the door to the city. No, I like the first one. Yeah, it's, mm. I, like, I like boats. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Boats are fun. <laughs> yeah, so passports have been around in sort of some form or another for a really long time. Uh, and they were kind of becoming a thing for a bit. And then apparently in the 19th century, uh, railways started coming about a lot more in Europe and kind of mm-hmm. in between countries in Europe. And um, a lot of countries were just like, oh, passports are such a faff. Like, we have to stop the train and get on the train or make everyone get off the train or something. Can't be bothered. Let's kind of not worry about that too much. Because in Europe, you can still do that and you don't get your passport checked. No, you do get your passport checked. You don't, because mm. I did interrailing and you don't get your I passport checked. I did interrailing checked. and I did get my passport checked. I, I didn't. Did. <gasps> yeah. Maybe it's different for certain certain borders then. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so in 1861, France abolished passports um, and a few other European countries did. 
Um, but then reappeared during the First World War in an effort uh, to keep spies that. at bay. Ooh, spies. Mm, like all the spies, spies are in the story. bay. Ooh, we should do a special spy episode where we all do a bit about spies. Yes. Mm. On the 4th of just spies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> we should make up more holidays. That would be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, in World War One, there started to be more passports. Um, and it would, obviously, it wasn't easy to have photos of everyone. So they would just have like hair, brown, eyes, blue. And everyone was like, this is dehumanizing. I don't like this. Which is, um, oh. yeah, I guess fair enough. But, you know, your hair Seems is brown and your though. eyes are blue. Mm. Yeah. So, kind of fine. You just have like a secret password or something. Safe word. This person is from the UK because they have said banana. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then after the war, um, the passport stayed anyway because they were like, yeah, this is a good idea. Um, eventually, obviously, they got photos in them. I have a few more fun facts about passports for you guys. Are you ready mm-hmm. for these? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay, this is from a website called pri.org. In 1974, Egypt issued a passport to Pharaoh Ramesses II, who died more than 3,000 years ago. But his mummified body was going to Paris for repairs and it needed a passport to fly. I don't know why they counted it as a human, though, rather than just, just kind cargo. of cargo. He yeah. was a human, guys, not just an object. Do you guys have history? Um, the Vatican has no immigration controls, but it does issue passports. Uh, and the Pope has passport number one. Oh, that's because the Pope is such a liberal bay. He's like, yeah. he's like, we don't need immigration controls. It's free love. Yeah. But also go through this metal detector. But also I am number one. So. Yeah. <laughs> In the eyes of God. Yeah. The Queen does not require a British passport, but all oh. the royal family does. Why doesn't the Queen? She's the Queen. Like, I know, the but... The passport is in her name. It's issued in the name of Her Majesty. So God, she can't be like... a mad concept, isn't it? I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Crown. Do you think if, if they did microchips instead, if they were like, here's a microchip, it's your passport... It will be in your wrist or whatever forever. I, w- I think I would do that. Mm, but it limits your ability to commit crimes against the government. And what if you need to do one of those? Yeah. So. yeah. Mm. Like have a backy on a bike. That's illegal. Is it? Is a yeah. backy illegal? Yeah. And I've done it. So sue me. Alex, love your top. Oh, thanks. Uh, I got it for £2.50 and the sleeve falls off when you touch it. Also, it has given me hepatitis. Oh, Alex, you didn't buy clothes off a targeted Instagram ad again, did you? I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's OK, Alex. You actually fell victim to the subject of today's Women Who Code Mixer. So each week on the Women Who Code Mixer, we take a subject in technology or things that are generally online, Mm. you know, online, and we explain it so we could become um, smarter, more tech-savvy women. Today, I am doing dropshipping. Do either of you know what dropshipping is? That does not sound like a tech thing. I don't think of shipping and tech in the same kind of sentence. Is it a euphemism for doing a poo? Oh, it feels like one, doesn't Mm. it? Gotta yeah. go. Got some drop shipping to do. You know, do you know what a drop ship is in poo terms? <laughs> a drop ship is when you're um, reaching the end of wanting to know someone anymore, like a friend that you don't want to hang out with anymore or a relationship. Yeah. And you do a nasty poo in their house. <laughs> yes. That is so true. As a way of saying you no longer respect them. <laughs> well, just leave them and then text them and be like, what I think of you is in the <laughs> toilet. <Yeah. laughs> also, there is drop the kids off at the pool. 
Drop the ships off in the uh, guys, port. I'm very disappointed to tell both of you that dropshipping has nothing to do with your feces. Oh. <laughs> Although I'm aware that's a favourite topic of the dumb women's school. <laughs> um, no, so dropshipping is actually a subject that was covered in a really great, um, much better tech-related podcast called <laughs> Reply All. And they did a whole podcast on it and I was so fascinated I just had to tell you guys about it. Um, so, right, we've all had... <laughs> I just had to tell you. I just had to tell you. <laughs> okay, we all know how it works. You've Everyone's been on Instagram where, or sometimes Twitter, uh, where you get a targeted ad for like a dress or a top or a piece of jewellery or a watch that looks like kind of fine, like kind of nice. Yeah. Like, um, and it's like improbably cheap, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's like twelve pounds for a really cool jumpsuit or something, and you're like, yeah. And you and 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 you have that thing of like, I don't want to live in a world where that's a deal, but also I want to live in a world where that's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then maybe you order the thing, and then it comes twenty to forty days later, and it's a piece of shit. Oh. Yeah. But then the shop that you ordered it off, if you look back on it, it looks completely sort of reasonable. It always looks kind of fine. But then the closer you look at those shops, the more you begin to think, is this a shop? Oh, or right. is this someone who just created a website? Oh, is that what it is? And the answer is the latter, yes. Wow. So you go on these um these websites and they look they generally look in like a like a WordPress template. Everyone's seen those like make a website yeah, templates. Yeah, they're nice right? and clean, they're functional. Yeah, totally. And there's like five or six different themes. Some of them are for planning weddings. Um but essentially there's an online shop version of those like template type websites where you can just um design your little shop to look how you want. Um, and then you can add in these essentially widgets. We all remember the term widgets from the early noughties, right? Mm. Yeah, Just yeah. Like, like plug, plugins, essentially, um, that plug straight in from like Amazon or eBay or whatever. And you can edit the product descriptions, but you are never really a shop because you don't, you never have any inventory. Basically, you market the stuff and somebody clicks on it and you you almost just take their money. <gasps> You're the middleman. You're the middleman. Yeah, that's oh. it. You're just a resale guy, right? Yeah. So what are your outgoings? Your outgoings are going completely to whoever you're buying and marking up the stock from. And the majority of this stock is coming from one place and it's called AliExpress. Have ever, either what, there's been? one actual place making all these clothes? Yes, and it's <gasps> in China. Oh, this is blowing my mind. It, it, it blew my mind wide open as well. So people use this AliExpress website and they plug in all these um, products that they find on it into their website that's like that, that looks like a real shop and that it's like written in English or whatever. So it looks fairly reassuring. Yeah. But... Um, it's not really a shop. It's it's just a website hosting all these things that they then customize. Is this all um, like slightly dodgy or is it fine? Well, that's what the interesting thing about this is. It's basically just capitalism, yeah. right? Because yeah. since the beginning of you know the free market, people have been buying things cheaply and then marking them up to people who are yeah. gullible or whatever. So if dropshipping itself seems like a scam, which mm. it kind of is because you're making things seem like they're luxurious when actually you receive them and they fall apart instantly. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a larger scam within the scam. Oh, it God. Is, this thing is huge, guys. Um, again, must plug Reply All because it's a great, great episode. Dropshipping is like there's huge communities of people who want to do it really successfully and there's quite a lot of people who have made like become self-made millionaires through doing it really successfully. Right. And these people, they make YouTube videos, they do tutorials, they do retreats that you have to pay to go on. What? Like dropshipping training camp? 
dropshipping training <gasps> camp, people pay thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on the promise that they will become online store runners who will become self-made millionaires. Yeah. So maybe we could actually dropship our podcast by saying that it's like episode 38 and then it's actually just an episode of a better podcast inside (laughs) there. The high-low if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, you've just turned into a sphere and you have milk coming out of your mouth. And a lace across the bottom half of you. What is going on? What have you transformed into? I've transformed into my segment today, Hannah, which is boobs. <gasps> okay. Bibs. Bibs. Tits. Norks. Whammers. Jugs. Chebs. Puppies. Baps. Breasts. Oh, intimate. I can't believe we've not talked about them so far on this podcast. We talk about them in our friendship a lot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think they've come up in the podcast. We've definitely shouted boobs on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm hoarding most of the ration. Personally. You are. You could, yeah. to be fair, you could shell some out for me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, problematic, aren't they? They're always worrying you. Oh, yeah. There's oh, always geez. something going on. Yeah. They're a bag of stuff that you don't really know what's in there. What oh. is in there, guys? Fat? There's some fat, yeah. Bags of fat, aren't they? Glands. There's some kind of mechanics in there, aren't there? Yeah, there's some Oh, yeah, stuff. definitely a gland. Yeah. yeah. It's a mammary gland. Mm. Hence why we are a mammal. Very good. Thank you. Oh, yes, I forgot that's one of the things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's quite a weird thing, you know, because obviously lady mammals produce milk when they have young, but they don't have breasts. Well, no, like cows have mm. udders and stuff. Yeah, my yeah. dog has nipples. Yeah, nipples, yeah. yeah. But nobody really knows why we have the whole tit. Because if you're not producing <laughs> because if you're not producing milk, like yeah. you should have a tit when you're producing milk. Oh yeah, yeah. but then it goes away for a lot of yeah. Yeah, for a lot yeah, of animals, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, but God. basically if you've got like huge boobs your whole life and you never have you you never have kids, you'll still have huge boobs. Also, things like cows and dogs walk on four legs so that you would think if anything it makes more sense for them to have boobs because gravity would pull them down. Yeah. Whereas we walk on two legs and so they are yeah. going against mm. gravity to come out of your body. Yeah. Well, I mean they do go down still, but Yeah, like like dogs, you know, they fill up with milk and they have sort of teats. But the rest yeah. of the time, they're just like tiny little flat teats. Yeah. Um, and I read about this. Are we going to hear teats a lot? <laughs> teats. <laughs> That's such a school, like school trip to the farm. Kind I know, of yeah. Like, they've got their teats. Kind of <laughs> um, and I actually was became interested in this when I was reading Sarah Pascoe's book called Animal, which is very good. Um, and it's all about our body in relation to being essentially an animal. Mm-hmm. And the theory that they've come up with is that heteronormative instincts suggests that when you're attracted to a woman, you're attracted to their bum, so yes. your buttocks, because we are the only animal that mates face-to-face. Um, well, so, depending on your preferences. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, historically we would do it, yeah. as the kids say, doggy style, from behind. So that's that's kind of like if you have, if you have like, nice a nice, plump, firm bum, mm. then, they're gonna, then, like, if a man wants to impregnate you, you could, they'll be like, great. That's the one for oh, me. I think I've heard this theory before, yeah. So it's yeah. it's kind of like over millions of years evolved that like your breasts have simulated your ass. That's crazy. That doesn't though. make any sense. Yeah, because like the women that had slight breast tissue yeah. got fucked the most, basically. Oh. <laughs> and so over millions of years we've developed oh my God. breasts on the front. 
I mean, it might not be true, but basically there's no actual reason for us to have like breasts when we're not breastfeeding, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's quite interesting. Also, milk is gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, milk, milk is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not to anybody out there breastfeeding. Of course, it's the most natural thing in the world. I'm joking. So essentially, bre- your breast milk changes the whole time that you're breastfeeding depending on so basically if you have a baby and it's on time mm-hmm. <laughs> on its due date kind of thing yeah, punctual then you, baby yeah then your breast milk is kind of most efficient and will cater for like your newborn if you're premature your body will know that and kind of give it more nutrients because it knows what? the baby is younger and was kind of born too quickly that's so clever and then it also changes like when the baby gets older depending on what it needs i bet all the mothers that listen to this podcast are just like you guys don't know fucking anything i know and we absolutely don't um and milk comes in approximately two to four days after your baby is born so that's probably why i mean that's what it says here but i think it can be sooner than that i'm sure i've seen films or tv or stuff where like the baby's feeding straight away yeah and i so i, I sort of this is from babycenter.com uh so maybe that's not true uh but i do know a lot of people my friends that have had babies that at first they worry that the baby isn't uh, like they can't breastfeed but maybe that's because it takes a day or two I don't know. yeah it's really hard yeah, you don't really that. know. Because also they've been fed for like nine months, so maybe they do want a day's break, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a fast wanna, day. Want to go yeah. into the five two, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, Mom, this isn't a cheat day. Yeah. Um, and then also when I was researching breasts today, I, I did feel very animalistic and I felt a lot like I was sort of viewing it from the male gaze. Um, the, the fact of um, how breasts are a lot more sexualized in the West and in what we would deem as modern culture, like in tribal societies, everyone's naked and no one really cares because they're always yeah. out. Yeah, it's not, and it's really porny when you look into it. Like the whole thing of, you know, if you've got bigger tits, you're more sexual, or like if you're flat-chested, that's a bad thing. And you know, it's really, it's really associated with like sexuality and femininity. And yeah, 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 yeah. How... and actually, it, it's just practical. We just, yeah. pra- we just have breasts. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I was reading today. There's loads of theories that men aren't instinctively attracted to breasts. You know, like men are just like obsessed with boobs. Yeah. Sorry, heterosexual men are obsessed with boobs in general. Mm. Um, and they think it's actually not an instinctual thing. It's because they're covered up so much and they don't have them. Oh, that it's, it's like, you can't have this. That it's more, so like, they... it's more like exciting in a way. It's not yeah. actually like an instinctual thing. But then why is the same not, not, you know, for heterosexual women? You know, you don't see balls a lot. But I'm not, I don't I don't see balls and be like oh they're so secretive. Yeah. I think it's because they're, they're so really ugly. Nice. Yeah. That they're, yeah. <laughs> they're literally designed to be as unappealing as they possibly can be to the naked yeah. eye. Yeah, just to make fun of us. And obviously, um, like breast enlargement and breast augmentation and breast altering, it has become a thing. Um, and the first woman. When do you think the first woman with breast implants? Ooh, was. I feel like I'm talking like a... a silicon implant here. Oh, okay. Oh. I was going to say that I'm sure there would have been like a pioneer in sort of the 1700s who was like, yes, let's put some. Uh, I thought that's well. Yeah. Put some sponge up there, maybe. <laughs> I thought that as well, but I don't actually think there was. I would think the 70s. 1962. Oh, wow. She's now. Uh, oh, <laughs> I say dead. she's now 75, but this was. 10 years ago. So she's now either dead or 85. Um, yeah, she. it was so weird, right? She went to this surgeon for something completely irrelevant and then he said, oh, can I try my new silicon implant um, <gasps> no theory on you for free or pay you, actually. 
And she'd had, uh, like, she married her husband when she was 15 um, and she had six kids in nine years and left him when she was 26. Um, and then she married a Mexican and had red roses tattooed on each of her breasts. Um, and then she, she sounds re- great. Where's her biopic? I know, yeah. And then, but then she regretted the tattoos and went to this surgeon to get them removed. And then he said, "Oh, maybe I can like lift your boobs and make them a bit bigger while I'm wow, here because I'm pioneering this treatment." Mm. And she said, "It wasn't my breasts that bothered me. It was my ears." She said, "I told Doctor Gerald that I'd do the new breasts if he would fix my ears." <laughs> wow! And did oh, he? God. Doesn't say. Is oh. there a over? <laughs> There's a photo of her, like, just normally, um, but you can't really see her boobs, but they look very pert. And I'll put it on the Dumb Women Twitter when this episode comes out. Oh, I look forward to seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Um, She was called Timmy Jean Lindsay. She sounds like a firecracker. Yeah. Yeah, I like Um, her. And I also spoke to um, someone we know and esteemed fashion editor, Stacey Doogood. Oh, hi, Um, Stacey. Hi, Stacey. Who recently did a cover feature in the Saturday Times magazine about her boob job that she had uh, when she, well, quite recently, so in her 40s. Um, It's called a secret boob job, so it's not a Victoria Beckham mid Mm noughties stick-on one. Um, But I asked her a few questions about her boob job. Um, and uh, she gave me some answers. Oh, well. I'm going to read them to you now. Yes, please. You do it in her voice. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so I said, what were your reasons for having a, a breast enhancement? Were they aesthetic, functional? Um, and she said, one boob hung downwards like an overcooked pancake, the other pointed outwards as if directing traffic. I'll let you hazard a guess <laughs> as to why I had a boob job. Uh, I said, do you feel more feminine now or do you feel different in any way? And she said, which I thought was really nice. She said, I feel more like me, more like the pre-kids me and happier naked can only be a good thing. Yeah, which is yeah very good true. for her. Yeah. Um, I also said, do you feel like you get more male attention? Because I was testing my men love boobs theory. Um, and she theory. said... Theory. Yeah. You're a little subscribed to theory. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> radical. Um, and she said, I don't seek male attention and my boyfriend hasn't commented on them, but I do feel more badass, more confident, and in a way, men and women are attracted to that happy energy. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's a bit like what we said about high heels back in um, episode 37. Yeah. Uh, which is just gives you a new energy and like how, who knows whether that's what they're attracted to or what. Yeah, and like if you know you've got secretly like a banging pair of boobs under your dress and that makes you feel good, yeah. then go for it. Um, cause, and my last question was, would you recommend it to other people? And she said, absolutely. She actually said, hell yes, but do it for you because it is very pain- it's so bloody painful. She oh, said. really? Mm. Yeah, she said, if you're doing it for someone else, you'll only end up hating them. So yeah. thank you, Stacey, for that. Because I, I think it's good to give a perspective about that because I think boob jobs get a lot of bad press and they're associated with a certain type mm. of person. Yeah, it all depends on your reasons for doing it ultimately, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I always think of um, TLC's Unpretty video. Do you remember that? When oh, there's yeah. a girl getting a boob job because her boyfriend has a computer program that makes her boobs look bigger. Yeah. And he's like, eh? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. But maybe in the future, you know, guys will get ball jobs. So yeah. <laughs> only then will we reach true equality. <laughs> That's what we're all fighting for, yeah. guys. Ball jobs. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Caroline, you've stripped me naked and put tiny needles into me and I'm not sure now whether I can move or not. Could you tell me what's happening, please? Well, what's happening to you is called <laughs> acupuncture and we're not even sure whether it's medically good for you, but don't you feel relaxed? No. Well, I thought you were at a Halloween party as hell, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a mid noughties reference. I know. Um, so I've had uh, a bit of a day, guys. I've started seeing a physiotherapist because um, I started getting a sort of cramps in my hands and in my wrists when I was typing a lot. Oh, typing, no. sure. Typing, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, I don't know what that was. I was insinuating yeah. wanking, but you've yes. gone for the highbrow. Like, yeah. oh, I have a job where I type. I have a job where I type and masturbate at home. Um, so, yeah, I've started going to this physiotherapist feeling... You know, Aside, it feels really grown up to have a long-standing medical appointment with a professional. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Yeah, like I, I, I've like been going around the house being like, oh, I can't do Wednesday. I have physio that day, oh. and I feel really it's great like you're about it. You're either an it. Olympic athlete or you're yeah. rich. Yeah, maybe I'm both. I hurt my leg playing bowls. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I know a lot of people who do a lot of like sitting downy jobs listen to this podcast. Um, so like if you if you are starting to feel like cramps in your hands or wrists from typing, like go to a physio because you could end up getting like signed off work for two months, which is no good if you're a freelancer as I am. Um, so anyway, I've been seeing this physio. I went to see him for the third time today and uh, he was like, oh, I think you might be good for acupuncture. And I was like, oh, I don't really, I'm kind of not a big fan of needles. In general, yeah. they really freak me out. I've got a real problem with needles. And he was like, oh, but, you know, acupuncture. He just clearly loves acupuncture. Yeah. And um, you, know, you can really tell when you've stumbled into someone's like area where they're like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about acupuncture. Yeah. And you can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I, I kind of sort of like wrestled with it a bit. And I was like, well, you know what? I have I've such a bad um, time with needles. I'll do this because okay, exposure therapy essentially. Do okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get myself more used to it so I won't like freak out so much when I have to get shots done. And uh, so he lays me down on this bed. Oh, he does the acupuncture. He does it, yeah. He's an acupuncturist. He's an acupuncturist on the side, I, I guess. And so he starts, he gets out these teeny tiny needles and um, he starts explaining to me like, that they don't hurt at all. And um, what the kind of idea is, is that like you stick a needle into someone and you hit a pressure point in your body. Um, and then that sort of feeling of pain or pressure or whatever sends a message to your brain to sort of send endorphins to that area. 
Right. In a nutshell, like there's a really lo- a lot of very complicated descriptions of acupuncture coming from a lot of different areas because there are a lot of different ways of seeing it. So it comes. <laughs> it sounds like when people say you have to be sad to know when you're happy. Yeah, (laughs) it's completely that. It's one of those things where you can read an entire article about acupuncture, and I did after I came home from this today, and still be like, no idea. Yeah, Yeah. it's intentionally vague because it's completely fucking vague. Yeah, fine. Um, And like again, this is I am completely down for things that seem really vague and don't make sense, but they actually give you a lot of joy. Yeah, fine. Like horoscopes or tarot or God. Um, there's a lot of different approaches to it. So it comes from traditional Chinese medicine, um, which is uh, based a lot in the theory that you have a qi. I'm sure you've probably oh, yeah, heard about yeah, yeah. in your okay, many yeah. travels. And the qi is sort of like an energy force that flows through your body yeah. and it gets blocked by different things, um, moods and, and uh, you know physical stuff. And everything kind of comes back to the qi in traditional Chinese medicine. Right. And what acupuncture does is that it sends it to different directions of your body using needles. Okay. Right. Um, and stimulates blood flow and stuff. Um, but there is a... People did seem to realise that there was a kind of a positive physical effect happening to people through this acupuncture stuff. And then Western medicine has essentially tried to take this traditional Chinese thing and kind of mould it to be their own thing. Oh, sure. We've never uh, done that before. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of why, even if you're like a smart person who's literally just had someone stick needles in you yeah. and and explain to you in the room what he was doing and why he was doing it and you still don't really know what the fuck he's talking about even though he, he's trustworthy with your physiotherapy and you trust him and then you go home and you read about it and then you still have no idea what they're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're like is this a load of bullshit? yeah and I think it, I think it probably is a bit of bullshit because the um, placebo effect, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Is like huge in medicine and is huge in kind of all the medicines which are not classic, you know, yeah, classic kind of like medicine. medical things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so maybe it's that you've had acupuncture and then you're like, I think I feel better because I saw something happen. Yeah. That is actually what the huge a huge, huge school of thought around acupuncture, especially because the the people that do acupuncture tends to be like, you're lying down, you're on a bed, there's like, it's a quite warm, there's like a, a wind chime maybe, and some music, you know, it's sort of very relaxing. Yeah, and it's kind of like whatever someone does to you there might feel nice. Yeah. Like they could um, be putting tiny plasters all over your, all over yeah, your arm, and yeah. then taking them off again, and then being like, well, Hannah, the tiny plasters have, uh, <laughs> yeah. have fixed you. A Kind of, yeah, yeah. because... That's how they sort of, there's been an enormous amount of trials done on acupuncture because it's really, really hard to judge because you can't, you can't judge other people's pain. If, if, if somebody says, I felt pain and now I feel less pain, you can't really argue with that as a medical professional. It's yeah. like a brick wall. Yeah, of course not. You're, you can't be like, no, no, you do feel pain. You just don't realise it yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So what they've been doing is uh, they do sort of sham acupuncture sessions with people where they <gasps> sort of, they either hit them, hit the needles very, very slightly, not even puncturing the skin, just enough to make the person feel like something's happening, or they hit it in the spots that aren't supposed to be the acupuncture spots. And the person's like, oh, I feel so much better. So essentially, in, all, in a lot of these studies, it's like the results of the fake acupuncture session and the events of the, the outcome of the real acupuncture session we're the same. Right, wow, okay. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, surely that's bullshit. So what did you think? How, how did you feel when the needles were going in and everything? So the first thing I did was scream a bunch of expletives. Cool. Was it really painful? No. 
it you know you know how there's different types of pain and you can be okay with a certain kind of pain but yeah. completely not okay with another the the kind of a pain that i love and embrace is a sort of like a very hard massage do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, 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 i yeah. love that sort of like deep thudding like Gah, like get right in there sort yeah. of pain mm, sexy yeah right it's a little insight into my sex line right there um, what I absolutely hate cannot abide by and can't even think about for too long is that sort of small metallic needling like very faint but very yeah, real like pricks of something yeah yeah and uh, then he was like oh you know relax and I'll do another one and and what actually started happening was that the needle started shaking Ooh. like trembling a bit and he was like oh it's like conducting the energy from inside of your skin it's like, that's not freaky at all. And uh, he kind of went into this thing about how essentially what happens is when you stimulate that area is that blood gets sent to that area and it helps redo the blood flow in the problem area. Okay, like refreshes or stimulates the... Yeah. But again, talking really vaguely for somebody... And it, it's that weird thing where um, you're with the physiotherapist and he's giving you lots of practical advice that's really helpful and then he suddenly starts talking bullshit. Mm. It's like you can... And you can really judge the difference and you're like... Mm. You've been taken in by this, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people listening think that video, that acupuncture is great and have had great experiences. And please write in and tell us all about them. But I just think it might be crap. Mm. Cool. Sorry. Fine. That's kind of my segment. Back to tarot. Yeah, yeah, back to tarot I go. <laughs> Was it weird when he took them out? Were you like, did he take them out all at once or kind of one by one? Well, he only got to two. And then I said, stop, please. I don't like this at all. <laughs> so you didn't actually really have proper acupuncture. No, I, no, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> I'm the sorry. The twist is that the needles were in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, I was definitely being a massive pussy about it because he was like, yeah, I, well, I do I this on old ladies and they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> old ladies with thin, thin skin. I hated it. I'm sorry. It was so, that horrible, like, kind of pain. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. scratchy. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should do. A dumb women excursion and me and Alex can get acupuncture too. Talk Ooh, about maybe it. you guys can get like cupping done. Oh yes, I've always wanted to get so that, that done. Where someone just gently cups my vagina because I think I'd like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd prefer that to most sex acts. To be honest. Yeah, just just hold it. Hold it for a bit. Just oh. slot the palm under. Oh, just yeah. warm. Oh. Maybe put a little um like lavender heat sack oh, under there. Lovely. <laughs> that would keep me going all night. Yeah, all right. I'll book you in. Yeah, great. Oh no, guys, you've either gained or lost some amount of weight, or maybe had an overnight growth spurt at the age of 28. Uh, but either way, it's time to buy some new jeans, and so that's the topic of today's smart lesson. Ooh, new jeans. Mm. What comes to mind when I say the phrase, going to buy new jeans? Taking the ring to Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> It is taking the ring to Mordor. It's so complicated and I can't tell if it's complicated because it's unpleasant because like taking off and putting on loads of pairs of jeans in one like oh, 40 minute section horrendous. it's horrible because it's like the things are, I love trying on dresses because you can just put the, put it on over whatever the hell you're wearing yeah. uh, but jeans you have to take off your shoes yeah. and you have to pull them up and then do them up and then look at them and then put on another pair yeah. I know but why is it, why do fashion editors and fashion magazines make it such a saga oh jeans, it's such a thing right? jeans are just trousers made of denim and you don't have like make sure you get the right trousers oh, yeah. 
it's so hard. It but suddenly hard. when it's denim, it's like, yeah. you must take the ring and you must drink the salty tears of the blind nun. No, and you a... must pass between the second tree and only then will you be gifted the right uh, brand of denim, which is either frame or seven for all mankind, which cost approximately a month's rent. Yeah, There is a whole kind of mythology around it, isn't it? And maybe it's just to sell more jeans or sell more oh it is they've tried like to bring flares back for like four years and everyone's yeah. like yes. everyone's still like no I still haven't <laughs> seen anyone in real life yet wearing flares no. and looking like they're mm. you know worth happy it. with it yeah. <laughs> yeah. I personally love a jigging do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, you yeah, know fine. where you're at with the jegging. Yeah. They're just basically tights, yep. aren't they? But Same they, tights. They look as good as a proper pair of jeans, yeah. I personally think. Maybe I'm an idiot. No, and I think they let your vagina breathe more than a skinny jean. They do. They do. There is a kind of a wider crotch on them, doesn't there? Yeah. To be. yeah. And as long as you wear a long enough top that no one can see that there's no buttons or zip, you're grand. Yeah, exactly. You're fine. <laughs> you're absolutely grand. No one will ever know. Bloody go for it. Okay, so I had a look around the smart web for some smart tips on how to buy some smart jeans for your smart body. Great. Ah. Um, the Telegraph said that we should know your body type. Okay. And that's the most important thing because 30% of women don't know if they are long or short-waisted. Oh I thought I was God. a B positive. Oh. Yeah, I uh, know. It's it's a real tragedy. You know, there's different dialects. There's there's yeah. different ways for the for the human body to be and I think we should maybe start a fund for those women who don't know. Okay. Um, well, what are our proportions? I think I've got a deep set waist with a dado rail going round it halfway up. Um, in that case, you must read at least 14 articles about buying jeans before you even think about purchasing anything. Okay, right. Well, that's good to know. I think I have a long waist with a good sense of humour. Oh, then you need the classic Levi's 501 28 waist with a 32 leg. Do you know how I knew that? Uh, because you looked at me and maybe seen my trousers on the floor at some point when we've no. had steamy sex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're just a couple now. It's good. It's because I've been studying the very fine art form of buying jeans. See also a white shirt, the perfect black trousers. Oh, yeah. Yes. See also boring yourself to tears. Yes. Yeah. Buy supermarket jeggings. Yeah. Buy supermarket jeggings. End of. Supermarket jeggings. Yeah. I never want to wear a flare, but what if I want to wear something that isn't a skinny jean? Is that like the same formula? I mean... What is my waist? Does my waist change if I'm wearing a boyfriend jean? What if I don't have a boyfriend? Am I allowed to wear a boyfriend jean? No, no, no. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Certainly not. I'll take my trousers off right now. You must wear a rah-rah skirt. (laughs) Remember them? Yeah. (laughs) And seem up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Up for it. I love the phrase, up for it. I know, it's so good. She's up for it. <laughs> oh, Alex, she's up for it. But the thing is, you are up for it. I am up for it. If, if someone said to me, associate one person in your life with the phrase, up for it, I would say Alexandra Haddo, comedian and close friend. Oh, that's filled me with love. Is there a formula as well for buying jeans in different shots? Because that's a whole thing as well. It's like, oh, maybe you're a 10 here, but you'll be a 12 there. Hannah, if you don't have a degree in that, I wouldn't yeah. even open the door. Oh, really? If you're buying jeans in Zara, you are a mouse's eyelash. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is the, the width of your waist. And then, yeah, a mouse's eyelash going downwards is the length of your leg. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. But if you then conversely go into Marks and Spencers, you'll be like, oh, I'm a size 58. That's, yeah. that's strange. Interesting. Fine. But then your mum will still say, get the size bigger just so you've got a bit of room. Oh, yeah. Why don't we talk about knees more when we talk about jeans? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I look, try out a pair of jeans, I feel like I look at my knees, I feel like I have chubby knees. And this is one of those like deeply felt um, personal woman things that nobody else will ever have picked up on, <laughs> but feels very like 
intense to me that I have chubby knees and some jeans make my knees look like big smiley faces. <laughs> I have like a curved like lip of fat over the, my knees when I tense them. That's it's like a little yeah. ridge. I sometimes do like polish. Like yeah, like, same. Yeah. It's like a comfort thing, yeah. yeah. I think they should have, as well as waist measurements and length measurements, they should have like cup sizes. For, for Caroline's your, knees. For your butt, <laughs> no, for your bun, actually. They should. Yeah, like why don't why? Perfect sense. That's blown my mind wide open, Anna. Like, why don't they? Like, because essentially, as we said in our earlier segment, the ass is the boobs of the leg. Yeah. <laughs> and why don't we have cup sizes for them? Yeah. I want a 32B ass jean with some space for yeah. my fucking knees. <laughs> That's what a modern lady needs. We need Give knee cups Caroline and... her denim parachutes for her knees. <laughs> Well, that's it for another episode of Pretending to Listen to One Another. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, please. My favourite review from the past couple of weeks is from someone called Turnipishan. And Turnipishan says, Five stars, funny and educational, and I'm a man, so should know everything already. Loved it. I like what he's done there. Thanks, man. Thanks also to Harry Harris for our jingles, Gavin Day for our logo, and Soho Radio Studio for the recording space. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Anton. We are two of the three co-hosts of a podcast called Juvenalia. Our third co-host, Sarah Marie Griffin, is not here. Juvenalia is a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a piece of pop culture that they were obsessed with when they were a child. So if you want to hear Sarah from Tegan and Sarah talking about Madonna's future there's work. Or hear about Maria Joel Kennedy and why her favourite film is The Wizard of Oz. Or hear Caroline O'Donoghue talking about Frasier. And subscribe to us on any podcast app you might be listening to right now. Okay, that's the ad. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.